listen, they say telling black people to uh, let go of slavery. Like, y'all need to let go of that constitution. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> That's going to be the intro. <laughs> Gosh, y'all gonna put me on blast. No, we're gonna put you on a pedestal. <laughs> right, this is but my no, black really. women are amazing. <laughs> you think she's gonna say it? Yep, oh, she, she said it. She's gonna say it every time. <laughs> yep, recording in progress. <laughs> so should I be like on mute? Is there background noise? Um, you can. I usually go on mute when I'm not talking, just in case like Shuri does something or like something okay. happens in the background. Yeah. But and I, I hit my mic all the time by accident when I'm shuffling around. But I guess you don't have that problem. <laughs> my problem is Dakota. He can be loud sometimes. Oh, oh I didn't oh. know he was still there. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so I meant to I meant to ask you guys because if I remember correctly from the last episode, Ely, you said today was your first day back in the office. Oh, I didn't go back today, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> today was the first day that people were allowed to go back. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We should introduce our guest. It's been a minute since we've had a guest. So I forgot. Oh my God. <laughs> Get him you, out. Wait, you do it. She's your lovely coworker. You do it. <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. This is Maya. <laughs> She's my lovely colleague. <laughs> wait, is that Dakota in the background? Yeah. Yeah. lovely <laughs> hi dakota oh my god you want to have a fourth guest though? a fourth guest a second guest <laughs> oh my god no i'm just kidding okay um, but yes we're welcoming my um <laughs> my work pal maya <laughs> yes for episode 17 this is our last episode of season one before we take our break so thanks for being a guest Maya. I'm so excited to be here. We're yes. excited to have you. <laughs> Thank you. We're talking about politics today, but should we check in first? Sure. How are you? <laughs> Who are you talking oh. to? Uh, anybody. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, nothing really special has happened to me in the last week i might be meeting nick's parents on monday wow nick's my boyfriend Aww, yeah well I, I was i'm a little nervous because so i met boyfriend's parents in the past but my but the both of them were were single moms so i've never met both parents at the same time before so i don't know why i'm so nervous about that part of it just having to do both of them at the same time and like also the like having to meet a, fa- a father figure I've never had to do that before and straight men intimidate me so <laughs> <laughs> well good luck yeah it's gonna go great thank you yeah I'm trying to keep keep cool about it you know you got it you got it <laughs> I anticipate potentially a little bit of you know interrogation slash teasing <laughs> probably but I mean okay. I, am, I am a white boy after all so I'm Prepared. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Maya, Nick, is, his boyfriend Nick is black, so. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right before this, I was like prepping my dinner. I didn't finish making it, um. But I was like chopping everything and like getting everything ready, and um, I must have like touched my eye when I after I, like, did the jalapenos because my eyes like. It's not like a, it's not like the burning you get when you cut an onion, but it's like really hot. So. Oh, that's the worst feeling. I've done that before. (laughs) Yeah. And it won't go away. (laughs) So if I touch my eye or if my eye gets any worse than it is now, it's probably going to get dark soon, actually. So you might not even see me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we'll distract you from the, from the searing pain. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. So, so wait, so Maya's in the office. So you did not go back to the office today, but Maya, is this no. your first day back? Um, yeah, I've come, I've stopped by a couple of times, you know, just once my internet crashed or, I, you know, needed to print something, but just 
I just stopped by today, easing into it, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have to like request to go in ahead of time. And I did not do that because I'm still debating on whether I have like the physical energy to like stick to a routine. So <laughs> I was like, let me not commit until I know for sure I can do it. Wait, I forget. Did you tell me the office is in walking distance from you or not? I mean, it's okay. It's weird. It's the same distance like driving that I was from the rep. However, walking, I feel like it's probably too far to walk. It's a longer walk for sure. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you go back eventually, you know, maybe like, you know, I'm going back in a month. So are you holding your beer to your eye? You drunk Bro, it's queen? hot. <laughs> <laughs> I have regrets. I don't even remember touching my eye. I just started burning and I was like, did I touch my eye? <laughs> Well, good on that anyway yeah we okay get, let's jump into our topic i feel like there's potentially a lot to talk about when it comes to this which might be why we've been saving it for so long sure <laughs> <laughs> look it's red Can you see it? yeah that's it's called irritation that's dangerous <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, okay yes let's jump into our topic yes um <laughs> Zach, why don't you kick us off? Oh, you want me to start? Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I think the thing I was most, like the first thing I wrote, usually the first thing I write on outlines, I feel like is the thing I care most about. So mm-hmm. I'm really tired of the, the sentiment that seems like it's really been percolating in the Trump era and the post-Trump era, especially in the post-Trump era, this idea of like unity which everybody mm-hmm. and their mother is throwing around. And honestly, like, I fuck that. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to unify with people who support the right in any way or, or excuse away their actions in any way or Trump's actions or the insurrectionist actions or anything. I don't want to relate to you. I don't want to work with you. And I feel like that's valid, but I feel like libs are, are condemned if they come out and even try to say that and they're they're seen as like oh well you don't want to you're not a team player or you don't you know shit like that and it's just like no fuck that yeah it's really dumb and i just like don't see how that's even an expectation when like the other side is like racist and like homophobic and like misogynist it's like you really expect me to just ignore any of those things and be like "Mm, it's okay like, especially, like, when people in, rela- like, dating and stuff will just be like, oh, we we have different views, but we still love each other. Like, what? Your boyfriend is literally racist. <laughs> like, dump his ass, Becky. I've never understood that. I love how you actually, you wrote, I think it was you, Maya, like, the whole white moderate thing. And it made oh, me think yeah. about, like, all the way back to episode one when we were talking about dating apps and there's all these men that put themselves as moderate hashtag no moderate yeah, get the fuck out of here <laughs> i actually saw a tiktok today where some guy like texted his therapist and was like should i hang out with this girl tonight and the therapist was like um i'm your therapist not your relationship advisor however moderate never means moderate so hang out with your friends tonight instead <laughs> but it's true like moderates it's always straight white men and they have the privilege of not having an opinion. So they just label themselves as moderate or they're those people that are like, Oh, I just don't get into politics. It's like, okay. You no, have the they know too. that they won't get laid if they say they're actually conservative. So they put moderate well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually probably mainly that. Yeah. Right. Literally. But uh, yeah, I just, so I think part of the unity thing is I think it plays into something that Maya wrote on the outline as well, where it seems like politicians, they just don't want to take a stance. Like their stance is pleasing as many people as possible because that's what gets the votes. And it's, it's become like, I I mean, I I think it's pretty simple to say that it's become a narcissistic pursuit where it's all about the campaign and not actually about the constituents. 
but it's true. And so a byproduct of that is they're not taking stances on things unless they know it'll get them votes on either side. And then like the real dirt is what comes out after they've been elected. You know, I love pe- what people were pretending that um, the Biden campaign was like pro-immigration. And then you have Ms. Kamala coming out literally saying, don't, don't come. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no shit. Yeah, I think both sides can disappoint. <laughs> and yeah, it is frustrating because I don't feel like politicians listen enough and, and you know, understand that they're working, you know, for the people, not like for their own interests or anything like that. And so like they are kind of narcissistic or have this ego that they don't have to serve our interests because they can continue to get reelected through corrupt ways like gerrymandering or financially. Yeah, I meant to ask you, by the way, just because I don't know, what do you do at Lit that corresponds to the political world? Yeah, sorry for not like actually giving you a proper introduction. But yeah, Maya, go off about like what you do, because that's important. <laughs> okay. Um, well, my role at Lit is our political manager. Um, and what I kind of own is like, our political strategy and organizing and uh, political education that we do, whether it's like internally or externally. Dope. Okay. Yeah, Lit has this really cool program called Black Hogwarts, um, where like yeah. pretty oh, much every department. That. Yeah, it does. Like, it's usually in the summer, right? Like mm-hmm. a summer program, and um, it's kind of. Well, I don't want to say it's like a condensed version of the fellowship because it's a little bit different, but it's kind of like the same work where we're like recruiting young people, young black and brown folks in the area of like college age or high school has their own black Hogwarts and we teach them organizing, like history of organizing. I shouldn't say we, I don't have a black Hogwarts, but y'all do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, black Hogwarts is... um... It grows every year and it's an awesome program just because we need that kind of education because, you know, it's not given in schools. Yes. And that's actually, oh, sorry. Oh, no. I was going to say that's one of the points that I made too, that like, it's really not politics, like in the way that politics function. I feel like history, I mean, we all know like American history is kind of shit in schools, but like politics is not taught enough and that's like obviously very intentional because like the more we know the more power we have and it's like unless you intentionally study politics or like make an effort to like dive deep into how laws get made or like how anything works it's like you won't really understand it from your primary education no I actually do have a question to pose about that so when people that I mean, I, I think I hear this a lot when I try and engage with either friends, associates, coworkers, whatever about politics. And they say that they don't really have an opinion because they quote unquote, don't know enough. I, I was wondering how you feel about that. Cause in my mind, it's like, okay, you're an adult. I think it's some sort of a civic duty or whatever you want to call it to like inform yourself. Cause I think yeah, obviously the education system has something to do with it. But if you're not taking initiative to at least do some like preliminary research, I don't know. It just makes me feel some kind of way because those are the people that have the potential to not go out and vote. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, don't really engage with the electoral system and in voting. I think a big part of it, though, is that the system is often like really disappointing. And so then it's like, why am I continuing to put effort into something that continues to fail me, right? Like when I elect these people and then they don't truly represent me, I think that that gets really frustrating. So for me, it's usually important like with the people that we're working with to make sure that they know like, you know, yes, 
it is a it is a somewhat ineffective system but i think once we place it like in our overall strategy it makes a lot more sense of why you know why we can do electoral organizing to make an impact to get to you know the goals that we and our communities have yeah and i it, it definitely isn't effective and i wonder I mean, Maya, I don't know how old you are, but for Ely and myself, I feel like our voting record since we were come of legal age to vote has basically just been defensive. Like we've been on the defense because like being in the Trump era, it's not so much about like voting for someone we actually believe in, it's voting against fascists. Um, so that's kind of frustrating, even at a, at a local level. Um, it can be like that sometimes. So even like in Wisconsin, like I was still living in Wisconsin when we got uh, Walker out of office. It's it's like not not because we wanted Evers necessarily. It was a defensive move, <laughs> and y'all are laughing because of a recent development. <laughs> Ely, didn't you make a TikTok about this today? I did. I didn't post it yet though because I was nervous. Um... But I will post it. Actually, I should send it to Maya. It's really fun. I think I think I'm funny. Like I think I'm funny. <laughs> Usually you are. Thank you. <laughs> you are funny, dude. I told you that. You sent it to me. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny. It was funny. But it was about Evers and like the policing bills. And it's just like oh, when, this is yeah. what kind of like bothers me about again, it like goes back to the unity thing they will literally jump through hoops and like they'll say so many different things during their campaigns and like make all kinds of promises and will act any type of way, especially in 2020. But when it comes down to it, they will always do stuff that will put them like right in the middle. And like a while ago, I think maybe I brought this up in another episode of this podcast, but like I saw how like the American political system is taught in other countries. And it's basically that like everyone is moderate and like the only person that's actually left is like Bernie Sanders and AOC. <laughs> because it's true. Like everybody just kind of will like say that they're left, I guess, and isn't like, it's just very frustrating. <laughs> well, it's all about doing what's easy, isn't it? Like what's and it, that changes over time, of course, but see like what's very easy now for politicians to do is like support LGBTQ rights. Well, LGB rights, to support LGB rights. We know they don't really <laughs> care about the T. Uh, yeah, but like uh, speaking of Evers, actually one of my uh, Facebook friends who I haven't talked to in years, he posted uh, or he shared a post from Evers's office about like, oh, like Pride Month is coming to an end, but we support LGBTQ, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, that's that's easy. Like you're not really taking action on anything just by being an advocate for something. I think that's important. Like, yes, advocacy can leave its mark, but when you're actually in office, how about you fucking do something like legislation? I don't know. Controversial. Certainly maybe. not. <laughs> Hot takes, <laughs> hot takes only. Well, and I understand in, in Wisconsin, I uh, I think Maya put this on the outline too. Uh, even if Evers maybe wanted to do something, he would have a hard time because of the way that the Wisconsin legislature is locked right now. As yeah, is Wisconsin the, at the national level. Wisconsin is also level. just like a weird state because, I mean, we all know Wisconsin is just fucking weird. But like, yeah, we have a Democratic governor and like, a lot of our lawmakers are Republicans. So it really just kind of like leaves him with not a lot to work with, but also like leaves us with not a lot to work with either. It's very weird, very purple. Like, I feel like Wisconsin is like the definition of a purple state. Yeah, it's fresh. It's so frustrating because I feel like we are not resolving any issues like legislation isn't getting you know it's not getting the discussions it deserves it's not getting through the you know different steps in its process and so we're just like stuck and stagnant and we're not progressing and you know like I said we're not solving the issues they still exist so it gets 
a little tiring, you know, sometimes feeling like a broken record <laughs> or just, you know, like having to fight the same fights that my parents fought and my grandparents fought and my great grandparents fought, you know, and it's like, I don't know, sometimes I get frustrated and just like, I wish people would have a little bit more confidence or I wish politicians would have a little bit more confidence in you know, just going for what's right. right. But I feel like they're scary. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a little cliche because our podcast is exhausted, but like, it's truly exhausting. Like having to think about stuff like that every single day. I don't know. That's have why we you... named it that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maya, have you ever had like any particularly like hopeful experiences with politicians that we've worked with? Or like, is there any instances that are like, stand out as positive that you can think of. <laughs> you can say no. Yeah, I'm trying to keep my job. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, let me think. You don't got to name names, but... <laughs> We like to have a balance of the good and the bad here. We're exhausted, but we're also like trying to keep the energy up. <laughs> right. Um, well, you know, we did our lobby week in um, 2019. What's that? It's, so it's when we have all of our students. The first time we did it in 2019, it was all high school students. And this time when we did it this year in 2021, we did it virtually and it was a mix. It was, um, you know, folks from all our different bases. And so we just go and meet with different legislators and chop it up with them about the things that's important to the young people. They do all the talking. We just do the logistics, but they kill it every time. It's amazing. They don't. Yeah, it is. It's nice that like there is organizations similar to Lit, like doing stuff like that, where we can like bring young people to the cent front and center of like politics and actually be the ones to show them. So that I mean, obviously, that's like our whole goal is to like show them how it works now while they're young. So then when they age into it, they can hopefully be in those positions. Yeah, um, that was a pretty hopeful event. We had one legislator, there were actually a lot of conflicts because a lot of folks got ended up getting called into a vote like during our lobbying meetings. So a lot of things changed. But one of the legislators, he took it on his iPhone <laughs> and, and while they were in session, which I don't, I don't know if you can do that, but oh my God. he did it. No, That's like, really sweet though. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there's lots of hope. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good i like the lobby week idea because i think one of my fears is that people young people are getting so jaded by politics these days that th th there won't be a lot of people interested in in fulfilling those roles as we age yeah. um so i'm glad that places like lit exist to hopefully turn them around <laughs> We swear this isn't an advertisement for Lit. However, if you want to donate to a black and brown local organization, our website is litwi.org. Hey. <laughs> oh <laughs> Dakota supports it. Where is he? <laughs> Just kidding. Don't bring him back. He left. That's why it's quiet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Oh my God. Okay. What should we talk about next? Should we talk about corruption? Sure. Watergate? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like, I feel like there's a Watergate that happens every two weeks and we just don't hear about it. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. America's so pathetic. Like that is sad. That is sad. I hate to hear it. <laughs> Do I say that like once every episode? Yes. So every episode New drinking you game? say, I hate it here. We, <laughs> we lambast capitalism. Um, uh, usually like some form of black woman is praised. 
uh last week it was holly from dance mom <laughs> oh my god wait i feel like i this is probably actually accurate like i do this every <laughs> i say i hate it here we love black women we stand and we say have a good capitalism night. yeah and well we say have a good night every episode but we'll save that for the end <laughs> uh yes corruption um i i was writing on the outline about how it's really frustrating to me um that I, I guess like we'll call them mainstream progressives they just kind of assume that the dems can do no evil i'm like no i there's definitely just as many corrupt democrats as there are republicans like i i think i've said this on maybe like the one percent episode but honestly like fuck nancy pelosi there's substantial evidence <laughs> that nancy pelosi has basically engaged in like insider trading and nobody's doing shit about it I mean, I guess she's the Speaker of the House, but that doesn't mean she should be untouchable. Yeah, you didn't hear about this. I, I don't remember to what extent I, I talked about it during the 1% episode, but yeah, basically she knows people on the Microsoft board or like people who work at Microsoft. And then, oops, all of a sudden Microsoft has like a billion dollar contract with the US military and she has stock <laughs> in Microsoft. She's not the only one. Okay, that's okay. I feel like yeah, she's definitely not the only one. It's really sad that she does that. And also, I know for a fact, lots of other politicians do that because this is the other thing. It's like you have to think about too, like the money that you have to have to even run for office is like insane, and it's made pretty much so that like only rich people can be basically into politics. And then yep. this shit happens. They like manipulate the fuck out of the stock market, and it's. Right. And because they pay for it, they can control it. And so then right. that's why we just end up getting the same people. Oh my God. It's an endless loop. Yeah. And it's, it's, oh my God. Yeah. What, what you said, Ely, about like it takes so much money to run for office is honestly, it's no joke. And it is frustrating. And I think that's part of the, that's a large part of the barrier to entry that exists and has persisted in politics for a really long time and it's uh it's disheartening you know it's it seems like it's almost impossible to do a true like a tried and true grassroots um and so part of me like a very very teeny tiny part of me is sympathetic to people who take donations from like from larger entities but also well stick I mean, to your laurels well and the thing is okay so i actually in one of my classes that i took on digital organizing we talked about aoc's campaign and how she was like one of the candidate like biggest candidates that had the most like small amount like small donations because like a lot of obviously like a lot of her target audience like we don't have money but <laughs> It's just like you either have to have this like charisma or like likable personality for people beyond your like specific area to like want to donate to you or you have to have money. And like, it's honestly, when you really think about it, like it's a miracle that someone who was literally a bartender in New York was able to afford to run and win a seat in the, in the house. Like it's, it's actually crazy when you think about it, but like we like AOC because of like, she has, she's relatable, but like in a way, like she's kind of like lucky that she is relatable and like people like to watch her because I don't know where she would be if she didn't have that. Like we were studying her like video campaigning and how she really used social media the most to get funding and like get people to know who she was and why they should vote for her. And so I think it was really just like right technology right time right voter block like everything kind of fit in the place for someone like AOC to get elected but I feel like that's not common because it's just so difficult to even find the funding to run for office successfully it sounded like you just pissed into a can pours more beer pours one out for AOC's campaign (laughs) (laughs) can we talk about AOC for a second though actually because I 
I love her, but um, it's a complicated relationship sometimes because I try really, really hard to not um, not treat any politician as celebrity. And right. she, she touts that key. line, but also I do get nervous because I'm assuming, I'm assuming at some point she would like to pursue a higher office of some sort. And I just don't know, like I was saying like two minutes ago, are you gonna be able to maintain your grassroots promise? Cause it costs so much money. Cause it, I, I just, is she gonna be able to do it? That's what I'm- I dead ass about. don't think so. Solely yeah. based on like the weird sketchy comments that she's made on like the immigration facilities at the border. Like- <sighs> Well, it plays into that question of like, does power corrupt? Like even yes. something as meager as a, well, yes, the obvious answer is yes. But even <laughs> if you're someone as a, as a, like, I don't know heavenly don't, as AOC oh, okay. um, who's gonna say don't say woke <laughs> no 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 I was trying to find the right word but uh uh even if you're someone like her it's it's like you know you just start to wonder once you make it on Capitol Hill does, do, does your whole position change it doesn't matter where you come from I don't know and that's the cynical part of me of course uh I would call it realistic pragmatic like too, I mean yeah. It is what it is, like, that our system is, like, set up to work like that. It's supposed to do the, you know, that it wouldn't be working for them if it, you know, didn't corrupt the people who come into it and, you know, kind of box you into only having this choice of making bad choices. (laughs) And I think, you know, that's a big reason why folks you know politicians are so scary and so like you know nervous about taking a stand because there's not any space for anybody outside of the the um two-party system outside of the status quo and it's definitely a very strong stuck feeling (laughs) in politics right now for me at least Yeah, that two-party system. Yeah, oh my God. And I'm just like thinking about this in my head as we're speaking, but like the fact that America's political system has not changed like too much in like the hundreds of years that we've been a country is also just like, I mean, obviously it's so problematic, but it's just like the way that money has changed, like what money means, like how money is earned. And then just like, who has money has like shifted in those hundreds of years. (laughs) Like it's just sad that like we have people that uphold these like extremely dated values in office and it's just not really benefiting anybody, but like the 1%. Well, that's a, that's a whole ass thing. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Well, the, the sort (laughs) of like (laughs) the sort of hyperinflated uh, reverence for America as an ideal and as it existed in the past, it it's such a stopgap to things that need to change and need to be adapted in politics, like the very thing that governs the country. So we're talking like electoral college, the filibuster, the the like strict adherence to the Constitution at times, which is just stifling. Uh, it's it's that reverence that it, it just stops any progress and I don't I don't get it like yes we can respect I guess to some extent what this country was quote-unquote founded on which was like slavery <laughs> basically and colonialism but yeah it's been it's been almost 300 years y'all like I boggles my mind Listen, they say telling black people to uh, let go of slavery. Like, y'all need to let go of that constitution. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What the hell? That's going to be the intro. (laughs) That's going to be the intro. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Y'all going to put me on blast. (laughs) No, we're going to put you on a pedestal. (laughs) Right, this is my black women are amazing. I'm just like it's it's so like so surprising to me the world is always changing like how how do we have anything that stays the same like nothing should stay the same 
literally we are right up there with like the meaningless british monarchy like why (laughs) why is that a thing who is that benefiting aside from this one family like it's the same shit over here people just like to think that they're better because we don't have that i don't know (laughs) well it's interesting because so the british monarchy is like you said a family that basically benefits themselves but they are a symbol uh, an outdated symbol because I think a lot of young folk in Britain don't believe in them the same way as like their parents did but over here it's like the politicians on Capitol Hill and and the presidency is its own monarchy and that it's it's a symbol and it and it has been for like a long time ever since media has become a thing we got too many bushes too many trumps mm-hmm. yeah exactly too many honestly too too many bidens exactly like maya put on the <laughs> outline somewhere yeah the clintons Clinton. maya you put on the outline somewhere that like there should not be career politicians and i totally agree with you like that should be yeah. a rule or something that's the hill i'm willing to die on because that makes no sense to me. like i said nothing Go off. the same <laughs> You know, it's just, I, I'm in complete support of term limits for anything and everything. I, you know, what I do is focus on politics for young people. And it's like, young people can't ever get in because Bob or whoever been here for 40 years. And, you know, it's just, I'm so serious. Like there are folks who have been in offices for decades. Like that's sick. Get a like get a new job. Mix right. Like up. why? Why do you like this? I mean, we know why you career like path. it. Like, this is why you crusty and have wrinkles because you're doing this shit for decades and decades. It's too exactly. much. Exactly. Well, that's when it becomes a given, and then people vote for them because it's what's comfortable. That's why wins like AOC's in New York when she beat the incumbent is such a big deal. Because I, I don't know how long he was there, but it was okay. a pretty long ass time. So, yeah. yeah. It was it was honestly quite scary. I mean, obviously, a lot of things he said was scary. But uh, when Trump was suggesting that he was going to find a way to extend the presidential term, I was like, oh, Lord, eight is kind of long enough. Let's be honest. Right. Oh, my God. They like like Maya said, they steady be wanting to like cling on to the Constitution. But then as soon as Trump is like, I'm going to try and extend my term, they're like, ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> And, oh my god this might be a good segue the fact too that like the <laughs> oh my god the fact too that he's still technically able to run for another term after everything after the insurrection blows my mind i think that's a point the blank fact, period the <laughs> case fact that there are people showing up to his rallies it's 2021 first of oh all gosh, relax second of all it's just like honestly they don't see the hypocrisy in it like they fucking idolize him and then they'll be like oh my god god said in the bible i'm whatever like <laughs> it's just god said <laughs> they will okay here's what they do they'll take like a marginalized community like the lgbtq community and say like oh you guys i like are worshiping blank as a false god and then they do the same shit I was raised in the church. I know this. I've seen it firsthand. They will say that about other groups who like really aren't bothering literally anyone. And then they will support a fascist as if he's God. And it's absolutely insane. And I'm pretty sure Trump has never even read the Bible. Like we know this, it's obvious. And they still think that he's like descendant from God. It's ridiculous. He sure knows how to hold one upside down. Oh my God. My favorite thing is when someone asked him like what his favorite Bible verse is. And he was like, um, that's personal. Or like, can you name a Bible verse? And he was like, "Mm, I'd rather not. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just, it's comedy at this point. Can we talk about the insurrection? (laughs) Kick it off. Which, uh, well, I don't know. Okay, so, uh, like, being real for a second, that, uh, 
Okay, I don't know how to say this without it sounding hyperbolic, but that was honestly like one of the scariest days of my life watching that go down. I was terrified that oh yeah, everything was going to change for the worse. Like, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I thought I was right. going to see like politicians murdered. Like, I really thought it was leading right. to that, watching that coverage. Oh, for sure. Um, and it floors me. Like, I cannot overstate enough how much I'm amazed that nothing has been done in the wake of that like extremely traumatic event uh, like oh my god I'm gonna go off uh yeah. think about how much was done now granted like no disrespect to any victims there were, and there was a lot more death think about how much was done in the wake of 9-11 a very traumatic event right. in U.S. history right. oh but god. it's because the attackers were brown people from a different country and of not Christianity. Yes. It's because of all that. That has, that's a big part of it. But, yeah. and the, the fact that only four of the insurrectionists died is just like, there it is right there. Like the, look at the percentage of them that were white and four of the, only four of them were killed. One was a security This officer. country has literally no problem like outing itself as far as like the blatant racism and like preference for like cis het white men, like it's absolutely ridiculous. Like they don't even try and hide it. Like imagine if the things, if things were flipped, I mean, I hate to be like, imagine if things were flipped, but like, honestly, if these were brown people, absolutely not. Absolutely oh my not. God. The fact that like they, there were like a dozen white people in the chamber in the house chamber of the capital of this country if they were all non-white people if they were all brown or black people shot dead they would be dead right fact, oh my god it blows my mind that watching watching like a greasy ass redneck sit on the house <laughs> speaker's chair and he's not dead today how in the fuck does that happen? Blows my mind. Aren't like a ton of them out on bail or something? Like the yeah. fact that they're not even locked up permanently, like signed, sealed, delivered out is just wealthy like- conservative politicians donated to their bail funds because they thought they were doing the Lord's work. <laughs> and it should like uh, it shows how fragile they are. Like they were they were demanding Mike Pence's head. That's how fragile they are. How quickly they'll, they'll turn on right. quote unquote one of their own because shocker, Mike Pence actually decided to do something right for once and uphold what he was supposed to do. Right. <laughs> yeah, very upsetting. I mean, like a moment of like disappointed but not surprised. But yeah, I have to say that's also like it was a very like it was a very scary day to just like have that on the news and just be like literally what's gonna happen. And then um not to bring up AOC again, but also to bring up AOC, she like popped off on Instagram live for like two hours straight. And I watched like 90% of it and it was like the whole time I was like, yes, preach. Like, oh my gosh, she popped off. If you haven't watched AOC's like post-insurrection Instagram live video, I'm sure you can find it anywhere. It's Well, in case, in case the listeners don't listen to it, give us the bullet points. I watched the part that you told me she was talking about her personal, like. Yeah, her, I mean, so she talked about her personal her experience. With death. Yeah, and then she also just talked about like how fucked up it was that they got that far. And then she literally called on her fellow members of Congress and was like, the ball is in your court. Like if you don't do, basically she was like, if you don't do something about this or say something about this, like you're a piece of shit. Like she hardcore popped off and it was really intense and like an emotional roller coaster to like watch. But I mean, like there were no lies. (laughs) Like I can't even imagine being in the, in like, in the capital at that time and honestly like it's just even scary like i have a friend who's a capital police officer but like even knowing that he was there it's just like insane like 
they it was literally like no regards for anything that they've said in the past about supporting blue lives because they literally killed a cop but aside from the police like overall just like terrifying and gross and then like we're this far along it's been like six months and nobody's done anything about it it's sad i i feel like the biggest thing that sat with me from that was just like i wish black people could turn up on this government like that you know i didn't go right we can't even peacefully protest without them trying to kill us exactly i'm like man that is probably about 0.01 percent of what black people should do to this country i mean it's done so many people so bogus and i'm just like i feel like we are taking amazing graceful strategic approaches to trying to liberate our people and we get met with the opposite of what those people saw we get met with violence and and the fact that they didn't even try to like conceal like who they are like it was so fucking easy for people to Mm -hmm. identify them and whereas like when black people go and protest peacefully it's like don't rsvp on facebook put your phone on airplane mode like because they will always try and arrest you for literally anything and the fact these people thought like they could show up to the U.S. Capitol building, walk in there with weapons and didn't even try to like conceal their identity. They were like, yep, it's me. Like, oh, my God. That was yeah. so American. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, this is America. And then like not the not the news media not knowing what to call them for like four hours straight. They were like, oh, Terrorists. The, an- the anarchists. Terrorists, exactly. <laughs> like, God. <laughs> CNN was calling them anarchists for like 40 minutes. I'm like, y'all, this is not the same thing at all. <laughs> Just say terrorists, please. And then and then they were like, oh, should we should we use the word rioter? It's like, wow, now now all of a sudden you're really into interrogating language of what you're gonna call <laughs> people. They're literally so obviously racist. It's insane. Like, y'all don't even think to just like stop and be like maybe we should like hide the fact that we're racist oh no but no no, it's so obvious they They don't know they they have van jones they're not racist van jones (laughs) is on the panel (laughs) isn't he nice didn't you hear (laughs) (laughs) oh my god or anna navarro <laughs> or Candace Owen. No, I'm just kidding. Stop. You stop. You went too far with candy. You went too far with candy. Oh, she's a lot. <laughs> well, I can't really think of anything else to talk we've about. We've exhausted what? politics in itself. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole section on like voting. We haven't really talked about voting, but I think it should be a given if you don't already know that voter suppression is the thing that's been happening for literally all hundreds of years. It's like Georgia did it and everyone was like, wait, we can do that. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. It's <laughs> appalling. Yeah. It's it's pretty messed up. I was actually just um <clears throat> working on a report on it and it's uh 42 bills on uh that would affect voting rights in the state of wisconsin in this legislature just wisconsin in just wisconsin oh girl i thought you were gonna say the country oh my god they spent too much time on this Mm -hmm. yeah the voting rights lab has an amazing tracker where you can like track your state legislation that would affect voting rights and that was Wisconsin. I think I just got an email from them, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, is there, is there anything else? Maya, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? <laughs> Maya's going to go home like <laughs> Arthur memed. <laughs> well, listen, I had to chop it up with a couple of my girls you know, who are in the same field. And I was like, man, what can we talk about on this? this subject <laughs> like the first reaction was consistently like whoo <laughs> what isn't there to talk about but I think 
I think we talked about a lot of the important things, so so we could never cover them all. Yeah, True. never. That would have to be like eight podcasts. I think <laughs> doing this pod is like a paradox because sometimes I feel really good like venting about these topics, but in the same measure, I feel very overwhelmed by being reminded by all of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Whoa. right it's like the more you talk about it the more you're like and you know what <laughs> it just never stops but we, yeah. we do have to we have to try and end with our our hopeful thing though don't we try and do that yeah um support sure. organizations in the alliance for youth action <laughs> <laughs> plug no, but really though, um, there are like a lot of good people that run good organizations that try and get like young people and especially young black and brown people more engaged in politics. And there is a lot of data to show that like now a lot of young people like more than ever are engaged in politics, which is actually really hopeful to hear because I think that's something that like we could sustain with the right amount of like organizing and programs and like assistance for young people. Fingers crossed. Yup. Hey, listeners, you should donate $1 for every week we don't have an episode to lit. Donate $1 for every time I say I hate it here. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Go back and do a marathon. Um, Actually, though, Maya, you don't know this, but this is, well, Zach kind of said it, but this is our last episode before we take like a long break. So I feel like it's a little like sentimental, like, oh, <laughs> it is a little sentimental. I did have one more thing to say, actually, that I thought of. Um, oh. I don't know if it's okay. I No, no, it's just like, I want to, I want to uh, press people because um, I don't think we quite got to this topic, but I don't think enough people challenge their loved ones when it comes to political ideologies. Oh my God, and real. I think I think we fall back a little too hard on like uh, the comfort of not challenging. And there's of course the aspect of like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to rupture that relationship. Maybe if it's like a coworker or a friend or something. But I want to urge people to reconsider that, especially when appropriate. Press the people you care about on these issues like encourage them to vote encourage them to vote against things like change their minds or try to change their minds on the issues you care about because it's if anything like you the person they love the person they care about you're the one that's going to change their mind not anyone on tv like not you know their neighbor four houses down it's going to be you that has the best chance so like stand up for those things like don't take a back seat whenever um I don't know. Your grandma says something racist. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yes. You are the ones to convince them otherwise. So let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this is our last episode of season one. I honestly am a little sad just because I've said this in the past, but I like having this creative outlet each week. But I'm going to try and enjoy it. I'm going to try and enjoy the two-month break, especially since a month of that, I have to get used to being back in the office. Yeah, see? <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. traveling quite a bit, so. Oh, yeah. where, well, where are you going first, Ely? Um, well, this weekend, actually, I'm going to La Crosse in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for 4th really? of July. Well, not really for 4th of July, but, well, okay. Sorry. <laughs> You live in Maryland. (laughs) 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 My close friend Morgan is moving out of the state. So we want to like get all of the like fun Wisconsin stuff out of the way before she moves. Um, And then she's going, well, she, what? We are going to Myrtle Beach in August for a whole week, which will be so amazing. Which, sorry, Maya, you're going to have to be without me for a week. (laughs) It's going to be Dakota. We talked about this. (laughs) I hope you don't listen to this, but I guess Amanda will be back. That's true. That's true. So it'll be a little bit more balanced, I hope. (laughs) But I'll be gone again in August. And then I'm going to help my friend move. Thank you. We're just going to be doing a lot of fun stuff. It's summer. (laughs) I'm so here for being outside with it. I'm still like a little bit of a scary pants. (laughs) 
but I think I'm gonna take a trip soon. That'll be like my first trip. Yeah, I was gonna ask you if you were doing anything, any summer trips. Um, yeah, I have I guess I have a trip coming up for a group that I'm in BYP gang gang. <laughs> um <laughs> So I guess I'm going to take that trip. But I do want to travel somewhere because I love traveling and I haven't been anywhere. Well, I've gone to family, but I haven't been anywhere. So I'm ready to go on vacation. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to pick a place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm sad that we won't be able to talk about our vacations on the pod maybe like our first episode back we just need to catch up on all the excursions we did during the summer although i think i'm probably only gonna do one which is next weekend our upstate and not really upstate it's like 45 minutes north of new york city i was, gonna, <laughs> oh, I was like upstate maryland it's, maryland no, is like no. horizontal new york new york <laughs> you can be in upstate maryland <laughs> where <laughs> okay maryland's actually a very diverse state because it's very long so if you go way west like near cumberland or something like that's mountains like that's appalachia and then if you go over to where like debbie lives that's like swampland basically on the other side of the bay so yeah Debbie's gonna be listening to this and be like huh <laughs> no for real like did you know that she didn't get any cicadas because the there's the there's so much wetland that they can't burrow down deep enough. So there were no cicadas over there. Wow. Are the cicadas done or are they Yeah, they're alert? gone. They are wow. gone. They, they've been. That's the worst. Oh, I hated it. Maya, I did not go outside for, I think it was the second week of June was the worst. I just didn't go outside. I go, I went oh outside God. to walk to my car and we'll get out of my car and go somewhere inside. Yeah. I even like when we were. To it. Yeah. When we were like in Kentucky for my cousin's wedding, I was like oh wait we're like kind of further east and so I was just like that sound is the cicadas and then my aunt was like what is that and we were like oh my god they're everywhere we just yeah. like ran from the car into the <laughs> the place where the yeah. wedding was at. it was so funny we actually have gotten lucky because they started so they started dying off about like two weeks ago but we got lucky because we've had like about five torrential downpours, which has washed the bodies away. Because what was what was supposed to happen was that the, the there were just going to be bodies everywhere, and then Ew. they would start to rot. It's true, they would start to rot. But because bodies. of these because of these rains, they've washed them out of the streets and, and out of yards and stuff. So we got lucky in that sense. We actually just had another one today. It was thundering earlier. So uh, I only had to clean ten of their bodies off my deck, as opposed to potentially more. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Uh, fun fact, actually, when I was doing it, when I, I was putting them into a little dustpan, a gust of wind came by when I collected all of them. And I, I did a little gay scream because I thought they were going <laughs> to go on me. But luckily they went in a different direction. But I was so scared for like half a second. Can you reenact this gay scream? Um, no, because I don't want to alert my neighbor. I was outside when it happened. <laughs> so... <laughs> okay um well, you know like you like you know that moment of uh the uh praying by kesha when she hits that high note <laughs> that was me <laughs> anyway um we can stop talking about bugs we can stop talking about politics we can uh end this episode if you like but i just want to say a heartfelt thank you to the people that have listened for our first season i hope you enjoyed it a lot we enjoyed it a lot and I think we're both very excited to come back for season two and we hope you are too. We'll be back and better than ever. Not bigger than ever because episodes might be a little shorter, but better. Yes. Nice and refreshed and rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a big thank you for Maya for being our last oh guest of season thank one. Thank you so much, Thank Maya. you. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Congratulations on this season. Wow. Oh, thank okay. you. And also, <laughs> yeah. thank you for uh, for wrapping it up with another female guest. We were trying to do all women. Then Nick and we came had in one was, idiot. Yeah, one idiot, Nick. <laughs> Jesus ruined everything. We love Nick. <laughs> yeah. Nick, thank you for being a guest. <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Yes. Thanks, y'all. Yes, if you're curious when this will be up, it'll be... Oh, we're recording on a Thursday again. So in one week, it'll be up July 8th. I'm sure Ely will send you the link. Oh, you're talking to, I thought you were just like saying that. I was like, no, they're going to know head. when it's up because they're going to be listening to it when it's up. Uh, <laughs> I was like, why is he doing this? <laughs> yes, I will anyway, send you the link. <laughs> well, uh, Maya, would you like to stay on the line for a little bit after we stop recording? We need to take our okay. screenshot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're going <laughs> to say our goodbyes for the last time for, for two months. We'll be back on September 9th. That's when the first episode of season two will be up. Unless something goes horribly wrong, but we'll keep you in the loop. Knock yeah, maybe I'll die. No, let's knock Should on that one again. Let's knock on Okay. That. Yeah. Yes. But have a good night. <laughs> have a good night. Maya, are you going to say have a good night? Have a good night. Oh, kill it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.